You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Dan Feldman here. Welcome to Locked On Pistons. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Let's start with this. When we get to this time of year, as the draft comes around and teams begin to prepare and you start to hear who teams like, who they don't like, remember this. A lot of what you're going to hear is a lie. Teams throw up smoke screens. They try and misdirect their opponents, work the angles, and get it so the prospect they really want is available to them at the pick where they want to pick, either where they're picking or if they can trade down or up. But they don't want their true intentions out there. Now, sometimes things slip out, and sometimes they actually do want their true intentions out there. You know, sometimes if a team is contacting an agent or bringing in a player for extra workouts or one-on-one workouts, you know, that can be revealing. Sometimes teams want to let players know how much they value them and leak that. Occasionally, rarely that's valuable. But most of the time, there is misdirection and smoke screens, and so little of this is trustworthy. But it's also a lot of fun. It's fun to suspend disbelief a little bit and think, okay, well, if these are the reports that are coming out that, yeah, maybe these are true. Maybe we're getting a snapshot of what's going on. So we're going to dig into it. We're going to pay attention to it. The combine's going on right now. Uh, The Pistons, like every other team, are there. Uh, But let's start with a little nugget that came out before the combine. Vince Ellis of the Detroit Free Press uh, just reported that the Pistons are interested in Zach Collins, the big man from Gonzaga. Now, we've already covered Collins in greater depth here. You can look back a week or two ago uh, when we're doing our draft profiles. Those are continual. We'll keep those ongoing. Uh, But we've already covered Collins in greater depth. So if you want to hear that, you can look back on him. Uh, I've increasingly come to believe Collins will not be there for the Pistons. Now, we don't know what pick the Pistons will have. The lottery hasn't happened yet. Uh, The way the lottery works, it's for the top three picks. So the Pistons could have the number 1, 2, 3, 12, 13, or 14 picks. They only have one of those, but they could have any one of those. Number 12 is by far the most likely. Uh, Number 13 is the second most likely. I think that Collins is going to go 4 through 11. Don't know that. There's still lots to shake out, uh, but increasingly looks like that. It looked like that really all along since he declared, uh, and it increasingly looks like that. He's uh, a legit seven-footer. He measured at seven-foot at the combine. That's going to impress teams and because I think he's going to be a center in the league. I think that's going to be his position. It might take him time to get stronger, but I don't think he's quite a good enough shooter or quite quick enough to be a regular power forward or at least an asset as a power forward. It's something he could do in some matchups because he has those uh, stretch skills. But I think primarily as a center, that's where his value is going to be because he's super mobile for a center, shoots very well for a center, uh, and can do center things. He can protect the rim. He can rebound. He's not like Henry Ellenson where Henry Ellenson, I think, is going to be a center. But he's also uh, what we started to call a novelty center where he can do the weird things. He can pass, he can shoot, but he can't rebound, he can't protect the rim. Zach Collins is different than that. He can do those center things, or at least it appears he probably can. Here's what I really liked about him about Gonzaga, at, at Gonzaga. He, he defensively rebounded 
exceptionally well and block shots. It wasn't one or the other. He wasn't letting players get by him in hopes of just getting the rebound. He wasn't uh, going for blocks and getting himself out of position to get the rebound. He was doing both, and I think that speaks to his athleticism. He doesn't have the reputation as being the greatest athlete, but the fact that he could do both of those things regularly, uh, that really impressed me. The big drawback on him, he didn't start, and he never played more than 23 minutes in a game. Maybe part of the reason he looks so athletic is because everybody he was going against was either a backup in the West Coast Conference or a starter who is more tired than him. Now, he played well in some big matchups against better teams, but then you're dealing with small samples. He's the type of player that the per-minute stats are going to love, but I have questions about why we have to go by the per-minute stats so much with him, why there wasn't more with him. You know, maybe Gonzaga was just too patient with him, protected him too much, because every test they gave him, he aced. Like, everything we've seen Gonzaga ask him to do, he did it exceptionally well. Maybe they should have asked him to do more, but maybe they knew they couldn't. They knew that, look it, you limit his minutes, you play against backups, guys who are less likely to push him around, uh, to have the same energy as him, he'll look good. But if you ask for more, it's going to fall quickly. Maybe they knew that. I sort of don't think they did. I think he was probably underused because he came in as not the most highly regarded recruit. Uh, Gonzaga had some other bigs. I think this was a case of, uh, of them being protective, but maybe too protective. But I don't know. That's that's the big question with him, something teams will have to dig into. Uh, but I think he's going to do well enough that he goes into that. I don't see him getting into the top three. I like Zach Collins. I don't think he's going to get into the top three. I think two of those spots are Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. Uh, Josh Jackson, probably the most likely to get the other, maybe Jason Tatum. I can see Dennis Smith working his way up. There are possibilities. So I don't I don't think Zach Collins has really any realistic chance of getting in the top three. He could slip to 12. But I think he's going to be in that 4 through 11 range, so I don't think he'll be there for the Pistons. I think uh, maybe they were early on him, Maybe. Uh, we'll see what other teams think, but the fact that they already like him and the, that that's leaking, and again, we're going to assume that's accurate because we know how stuff works this time of year. Maybe they were early on him and ahead of the curve, but by the time uh, we get into late June when the draft comes around, well, it doesn't really matter if you were first on somebody. It's if you have the pick to get them, and the Pistons probably will not. One player who would be available to them is Mo Wagner. Uh, according to Keith Langloy of Pistons.com, Mo Wagner met with the Pistons at the Combine. Uh, Mo Wagner, of course, from Michigan, entered the draft. I don't think he's going to stay in the draft. He's in the draft without an agent. Uh, it sounds like he's looking for a first-round guarantee. He could go back to Michigan for another year, maybe even two, like, I think he's looking for a first-round guarantee. And I think the same is probably true of DJ Wilson, uh, another Michigan player in the draft. Let's start with Wilson real quick. Uh, there's like a, a funkiness to his game. He can play this inside-outside game. He can shoot from the outside and be really tall and drive and uh, create from some weird angles. But he also needs to get stronger, needs to get tougher. I wouldn't have a problem with him going pro trying to do that at the NBA level, but he was banged up uh, reportedly, didn't participate in five-on-five five at the Combine, and it's going to be tough for him to work his way up. 
I'm not sure Mo Wagner had the day that's going to work himself up, but at least he's out there giving it a chance, healthy enough to give it a chance. Uh, he's a walking mismatch. He can shoot from the outside. He, he's got a big man's height. Uh, he could develop into being a center. He's probably just going to be a nice, tall, stretch power forward who shoot from outside. But here's the key, and post up smaller players. It's hard to find somebody to put on someone like Wagner. If the Pistons had a second-round pick, he could make sense, and they can always trade in. They could even trade into the late first round, but it's tricky to get somebody like him to stay in the draft if you're the team that's interested but don't have that late first-round pick, don't even have that second-round pick. That makes it tough. That makes it tough to convince him to stay in because maybe you have to make that trade beforehand or convince him that it's coming, but things can fall through, and I'm not sure where the Pistons go to to trade into the late first round. So it's tough to see Wagner going to the Pistons, but they're at least talking. There's at least seems to be some basic level of interest and he's an intriguing prospect. He's got a lot of tools. The ability to shoot from outside and post up is big. It really narrows the, the field of defenders who can be put on you. It takes truly like the really versatile, very good defenders who can guard anybody. But other than that, most players are going to give up one or the other. They're not going to be able to to stay with you on the perimeter or they're not going to be able to handle you in the post. Wagner's going to get one or the other. Uh, defensively is more of a question with him. He's not a big shot blocker. He's not going to be a rim protector. He fouls way too much. Uh, he can move his feet well. He can be like agile, mobile, uh, but he often isn't. He often gets caught flat-footed. That's why he fouls a lot. Uh, he can he can rush the game on both ends. He can get too aggressive defensively. Uh, he can uh, push the ball a little too much, be a little reckless offensively. He needs to come down a little bit. Maybe another year he'll be in position where the Pistons can draft him. Uh, I don't think it would necessarily be a bad move for him to stay in the draft either, uh, but it is hard to see him landing with the Pistons. So we'll keep an eye on what the Pistons are doing at the Combine, who they're talking to and everything else uh, with the draft. You can follow Locked On Pistons on Audio Boom or subscribe on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Feldman NBA. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is David Locke, founder of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks so much for tuning in to your favorite Locked On Podcast. We have something really special going on here. We are the only daily local podcast format in the country, and we are one of the only places for local companies to be able to advertise on a podcast serving the fans, the listeners that want your product locally. No other podcast network does this for you. And that's why we want you to advertise right here on your favorite Locked On podcast. Our audience is 98% male. It's about 77% between the ages of 25 and 54, and also 77% between 18 and 44. So you're hitting the core demographic. If your company wants men 25 to 54 or 18 to 44, then you should advertise right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'd love to have you. Our rates are reasonable. It's all based on the amount of listens. So you can email me, David Locke, at dlock 9 at gmail.com or contact your host. We'd love to have you aboard, joining in with the great success that we're having on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.